Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach to aspiring and experienced changemakers and creator of the Becoming the Change Life Coaching Program, a program designed to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well-being. If you are on a mission to make the world a better place, then you are in the right place. Wherever you are on your changemaker journey, just starting out or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, hello everyone. Today we're going to be talking about how to overcome your fears so that you can start a big project or maybe a small project. And I'm going to be sharing about this through the lens of a project that I recently started, this podcast. So when I decided to launch this podcast, a lot of fear came up for me. Imposter syndrome, wondering if I'm good enough, fear of being judged by others, fear of failure. And because I have coached many other aspiring and experienced change makers, I know that these fears are not unique to me. And these fears have definitely come up for me before. So I want to share with you a self-coaching process that you can use when working with your fears so that you can get out of your own way and take action. As I share this topic today in this process, Maybe if it feels good, you could bring to mind a project that you wanted to get off the ground or something that you wanted to do, but fear has been really holding you back. So for example, maybe you've wanted to give a presentation at work about how your office can become a more environmentally friendly place. Or maybe you've wanted to speak more about the causes that mean the most to you on your own podcast or a blog or social media. Or maybe you wanted to start a political campaign or a grassroots movement to support causes that you care about. There are a million and one types of projects that this could really apply to. Because as change makers or aspiring change makers, we often feel called to speak up and step out into uncomfortable situations. So you can probably relate to the fears that I'm going to share about here. And I hope that by hearing about how I worked through my fears and came out on the other side to launch the podcast that you are listening to right now, you can more effectively work through your fears. And I wanna start by saying that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you if you have fear if you have fear pop up a lot even. It is completely normal, so we do not need shame or guilt or to beat ourselves up for that, right? Fear is a natural, healthy, rational emotion. It's linked to our self-preservation, which is a very basic animal instinct. We want to be accepted by our group, by our community, because that helps to ensure our survival. As humans, we are a social species and a herd animal, actually. So I was reading this um, article in Psychology Today the other day, and it talks about how humans really only survive in coordinated groups. So individually, 
We are designed to pick up on social cues and align our behavior with those around us to ensure our survival. And there's recent research that has actually shown that social disapproval lights up the brain's danger circuits. So this is real stuff, guys. It's totally rational and healthy that we would feel fear from time to time. But the problem occurs when our fears stop us from expressing ourselves and from taking up space in the world. So if you want to work with your fears so that you can move forward and take courageous change-making action, then I want to invite you to use the process that I'm going to share with you today. And if you don't want to, you know, get out your notebook right now and, and jot all of this down, or if you're not able to do that, then no worries. I'm going to post this process in the notes, the show notes on my website at happymehappyearth.com. So you can check them all out there. Okay, so that's enough of a preamble. Let's get into this process. So what I'm going to share with you today is a pared down version of the process that I guide my clients through in my life coaching program called Becoming the Change. Typically, when I am kind of introducing somebody to working with their fears and limiting beliefs, I have this pretty in-depth process. I think it's like seven or, or more reflection questions to really help them to go deep. But I've been working on this for a few years now, and so I go through the process a bit faster um, and kind of in a pared down way. So first, I wrote out my fears and the limiting beliefs that are making me scared to launch the podcast. Just wrote those out in my notebook. And then I dissected them one by one using the following questions. So first of all, why do I have this belief and where does it come from? What new belief would be more empowering for me in this situation? And lastly, what evidence do I have for this new belief? So the fears or limiting beliefs that I wrote down when considering launching this podcast were as follows. One, I don't trust myself to stay consistent. And guys, this is a big one for me. It's one that I have definitely worked with before. Two, what if I can't consistently think of good topics? Three, what if nobody listens? Four, what if I am just not good at podcasting? And five, um, so number five actually came to me after, the day after doing a bunch of work on my limiting beliefs. So number five, I need to appear professional or others won't respect me or take me seriously. And that number five really led to a huge epiphany that I'm really excited to share with you. All right, so let me explain a little bit about my thought process and the way that I approached each of these limiting beliefs and then turned them into a new, more empowering belief. So number one, I don't trust myself to stay consistent. So like I said, this has been a really big one for me. Um, I have examples in my past of things that I have definitely not been consistent in. Like at one point I launched a YouTube channel. Actually, I think two times I have launched YouTube channels um, and then decided for various reasons that I didn't want to do them. Um, also with social media, although by the time I got off of 
social media, I was quite consistent there. But, you know, there was a time when it was a real struggle for me to stay consistent. And, you know, thinking back on my past, there was a time when I was incredibly consistent. So when I was working in corporate architecture, I was on somebody else's schedule and I had a very monotonous, consistent routine. And I did not like that. (laughs) And so when I quit my corporate job, I really rebelled against that structure and that consistency. I wanted to go to the, with the flow. I was focused on like reconnecting with my body and only feeling or only doing things that I really felt called to do or inspired to do. And then when I, when I brought that, like, woo, go with the flow, you know, and only do what you want to do, da, 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 da. When I brought that into business, it just didn't work out so well, guys. It didn't. I tried to run my business that way for like the first year and I had like some small successes, but it it just really wasn't working out for me. I still perceive myself as that person. However, I have now developed structures and systems that really help me to stay consistent and that balance that that structure and that flow, right? So that these systems that I've created take into account my emotional and energetic cycles and they're actually helping me to develop more awareness of of my body and the way that my brain works and my emotions and things like that. So I've been in this positive feedback loop for a while now, and I've really begun to trust myself to become more and more consistent. Um, And I've proven to myself that I am trustworthy. So instead of remembering that like rebellious, go with the flow always version of myself, I was able to coach myself into (laughs) really acknowledging that I am a different person now. And so the belief, the new belief that I came up with was, I trust myself to develop systems that will help me stay consistent. In fact, I have already developed a lot of those systems. And the easier I make my creative process, the more value that I can share. And I'm going to come back to that statement here in a moment, because that's been like a really, really big one for me. Okay, so let's go on to limiting belief number two. What if I can't think of good topics? All right, so when I looked at this one, again, I actually like laugh, like I literally laughed at myself because... I am like always thinking of topics. Like I literally have a list. I think of like 40 topics written down and I could probably think of another 10 just off the top of my head. So I realized, I just kind of chuckled at myself and I realized like that's that's not really realistic. And so this one was actually pretty easy for me to replace with a more empowering belief that I'm an incredibly creative person and never run out of new ideas. And I, I really do truly believe that. All right, so the next belief, what if nobody listens? And I'm actually just gonna open up my journal here. So if you hear some page shuffling and whatnot, that's because I'm literally shuffling pages. Okay, so so again, when I looked at this one, number three, what if nobody listens? I kind of chuckled again, cause I was like, oh well, 
I don't really care. <laughs> um, I do care, guys. I do really care. I really want this podcast to get out to a lot of people so that I can help people. But at the same time, like I'm far enough in my my growth that I know that people not listening would not be a reflection on my self-worth or on the value of what I have to share. It would just be or it would just mean that I need to become better at expressing my message and marketing it. And I know already that that is an area that I really want to grow in. So this podcast is an excellent opportunity to experiment, iterate, and fail fast. And honestly, like, when I really think about it, I don't believe that. I don't believe that nobody's going to listen. I really trust that... I am sharing incredible value through this podcast in the coming episodes and that my people, like the people that I'm here on this planet to serve, are going to find it, connect with it, and share it with others. So my replacement belief here is this podcast is an excellent opportunity to grow my skills in messaging and marketing. The people I'm here to support and connect with will listen to it and love it. All right. So number four, what if I'm not good at podcasting? <laughs> so I was pretty easily able to come up with a switch to this one. Um, Cause the truth is like, maybe I'm not that great at podcasting yet. I mean, I've never done it before, so that would make sense. But my new belief is that I get more and more comfortable sharing my voice with every episode. To give you a little background on that, so this belief goes a bit deeper than just podcasting. Um, when I was in graduate school, college, and younger, I always thought I was this really smart, really sharp person that I could really rely on my brain. And then I went through this period when I was coming out of graduate school and starting to work professionally where I, I couldn't rely on my brain. I started to have a lot of brain fog. I would kind of like space out or just kind of my mind would go blank from time to time. And that was for a number of reasons. Some biological, like I literally, I, f I found out after a while when I went to the doctor, cause I was like, what's going on? Um, I found out that I had quite a few nutrient deficiencies. I also was incredibly busy. I had not slept enough for like years and years. Um, I was very burnt out and I was juggling so much stuff. Um, I had a lot on my plate. And so during that time, I really lost a lot of confidence in myself and in my brain, to be honest. And I, my identity kind of switched. Like I no longer thought of myself as a really smart, high achieving, sharp person, even though like, you know, I say that, but during that time I was like passing my ARE exams at the first go. So like, I still obviously had some brain power going, but I wasn't as sharp as I once was. And so I apparently still am very much identifying with that version of myself, even though that was like six, seven, eight years ago now. And I have done so much healing since then. I have really focused on nourishing myself and focused on my health. And so when I'm thinking about 
you know, still, yes, I have nourished myself. I have, I have healed. I have relaxed. I've really like completely changed my life around so that I'm taking better care of myself, but I, I still have those insecurities and feel like I'm not like the most eloquent speaker. So thinking about that, I, I realized that, and this is like another one of those um, new beliefs, right? That I'm replacing the old belief with. I realized that this is one of the next steps in my healing journey, challenging my brain in this way to record a podcast without like a perfect script, but just really relying on my brain and trusting that I can speak extemporaneously. And by doing that, by challenging my brain in this way, I'm going to help it to continue to grow and recover. Hope that makes sense. We're going deep here, guys. And like, <laughs> I don't know if this will be the first episode or one of the first episodes, probably. But yeah, so that is um, some of my deepest, darkest fears here that you're, you're uh, getting in touch with. All right. So then the last one here, number five, I need to appear professional or others won't respect me or take me seriously. This one was really interesting for me. Because when I was looking at it, I realized like, okay, what does it mean to be professional? Like, where does my definition of what it means to be professional look like? I typically tend to really like to make my things, um, things, like the different things that I'm working on or that I'm putting out into the world, like really graphically slick. I, I was a graphic designer in a former life like really graphically slick. If I'm writing something, I like to have it like highly edited and, and really clear and to the point and things like that. And with this podcast, I'm not approaching it that way. Like I really want this podcast to be more of an honest and raw and chatty and conversational type of thing because that's the type of podcast that I really love. And so there's a part of my brain that's like, you can't do that, even though I love other people that have podcasts like this. They're like, you can't do this. You need a full script, you know? So anyway, back to what I was saying, professional to me came from a very corporate setting, right? A corporate setting very much aligned with the patriarchy. Let's just, let's just name it guys. Very much aligned with the patriarchy. And so I'm just going to flip to the page in my journal where I was writing this out. Basically what I did was write down exactly what professional meant in a corporate setting. And so I came up with things like, do not show weakness, do not show emotion other than positive or acceptable emotions, dress in a certain way, have my crazy curly hair under control, do not curse, have a good attention to detail. Oh, that one was driven into me, attention to detail. And for good reason, guys, I was an architect and like, if you don't have good attention to detail, then your building might fall down. So for good reason, but anyway, not making mistakes. Um, being responsible, right? Doing what you have to do to meet deadlines, even if that means sacrificing your health. Doing overtime. Like we were expected to be consistently working overtime and to speak in a really specific type of way. Um, and I, I did Toastmasters for a long time to help me speak in a way that was acceptable to my peers, right? 
so not all of those are bad things. Some of those are great. You know, some of those I, I want to take with me into my definition of what professionalism is and other things like, no, I, I am leaving in the dust. I do not want to take them with me. But the fact that I have this limiting belief is so understandable because, you know, for a long time, I, and you as well, like have to operate like quote unquote in the system, right? At a corporate job. I just remember that feeling like I had to prove myself over and over and over again when my I found myself in yet another conference room full of white old men and I was the only woman. Guys, I have nothing against white old men. Like my dad is one. I have other great friends, <laughs> former colleagues that are white old men that I love dearly. So much, so much love for them. But I do not want to be defined by what they call professional. So then I wrote down what professional means to me. And so here are some of the things on my list. Being a woman of my word, taking care of myself so I can show up as my best self for my clients and my community, knowing how to honor and acknowledge my emotions without being reactive and how to process them when the time is right. Acting in integrity and constantly checking in with myself to be sure that I am acting in integrity. Remembering that it is not about me. I'm gonna come back to that one in a second. Acknowledging my privilege and my limited awareness. Acknowledging my limitations and asking for help when I need it. Admitting my mistakes and learning from them. So those are some of the things that I wanted to incorporate when redefining what professionalism looks like. So I took that limiting belief and switched it around and said, I get to define what professionalism looks like for me. And I realized that when I was like trying to fit this other societal idea of what professionalism means, I was really thinking about myself instead of you. I was worrying about how I'll look or how people might judge me instead of thinking about what do I need to do to most effectively and relatably deliver valuable information and support to my community. So yeah, that, uh, that, statement, it's not about me. That's something that I repeat to myself a lot. Uh, it's something that I repeat to myself every time, like right before I get on my coaching calls. Um, whenever I'm hosting group programs, I repeat that to myself before I do anything live. I also repeat it to myself before I write my newsletters, all of these different things. And so it'll be a statement that I'm repeating to myself before each podcast too, to just help me get out of my way. <laughs> And so by redefining what it means to be professional and by taking up space on the airwaves, I can help others like me also feel that they can express their authentic selves too. And that is so powerful. Wow, guys. So like all of this from a little old podcast launch, like that's amazing. That's so cool. I'm learning so much about myself and I really hope that by sharing this process and the lessons that I'm learning, 
it really is empowering and helpful to you too. And hopefully I don't have a vulnerability hangover <laughs> after publishing this. All right, guys, that is all for now. Sending you much love. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your changemaker journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide and other goodies on my website at happymehappyearth.com. It's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.